What's up, everybody? You're now listening to the Truth Pace Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Jesse, and this is episode three. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how in 2018, a job interview may not necessarily be a job interview. You could be getting played, and I'll share what happened to me. And of course, another crazy story from my past that I think y'all find entertaining. For all of you that have been listening since episode one, I greatly appreciate it. And for those of you who have subscribed, shout out to you. I hope you continue to listen. I hope you continue to enjoy what it is that I'm putting out. This is the Truth Pace Podcast. Let's go. So I guess the new move in 2018 is for companies to steal strategies by going through a job interview and just asking them how they would do things. Seems kind of greasy, right? I'm going to share a story with you on a job interview I went recently and kind of how that played out and how I knew I was getting played. And from the moment I knew I was getting played to the moment I left that office, I'll describe to you in detail how that interview went. So let's give you some background. Now, for those of you who've listened to episode one, you know I have a background in social media marketing. And that's what the job was for here. It was a social media position for a real estate brokerage. And that caught my attention because I had recently worked with a Sotheby's affiliate out in California. So boom, it's in my wheelhouse. It's something that I'm familiar with, an industry I'm familiar with. It's a job that I can do. I can knock this out the park, no problem. Boom, I apply. Maybe two, three days later, I get an email from a lady who asked me just like two or three, just kind of like preliminary questions, and then set up a time for us to talk on the phone. Great. Play phone tag for a little bit text message back and forth but we set up a time finally get on the phone we have about a 20 minute conversation second round of preliminary questions but it's really more so to get an idea of my background and experience in real estate and real estate marketing i should have known that was the first son anyway we set up another time for me to come to the office and do an in-person interview now some of you (coughs) Excuse me. Some of you may not have had the pleasure of going through a number of different job interview scenarios, but I have. I've gone through one-on-one interviews. I've gone through panel interviews where there's multiple people in a room. I've gone through session interviews where you may have one person for one round of questions. Then they bring in two people. Then they bring in four people after that. Then they go back to one person. Then they may throw out three people after that. I mean, you just don't know how many people are going to come through that door when it's time for the next round of questions. I've done Skype interviews, phone interviews. I've done them all. And there's not one that really I favor over the other. Um, I guess if I had to choose, 
the panel interview is pretty good just because there's a lot of people and usually the questions are pretty good. And that's what I had here was the panel interview of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people to go through this panel interview. Now for some, that would be fucking intimidating and very scary. But for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to shine and show them my qualifications and how dope I am at what it is that I've done and how I could be dope for what it is that they want for their company. So I get there. And before I even get there, I had another conversation with the lady and she pretty much tells me that they have someone in mind that they kind of like for the position, but they want to bring me in to kind of see if I would be a better fit. They're thinking about doing a three month trial period where they try one person and if they like them after the three months and then that person wants to work for the brokerage long term, then they put them on full time. And they asked me, like, is that something you would be open with? Okay, strike one. Strike one was that you told me you already had somebody that you were interested in, but you just wanted to pick my brain. Okay, sure. I'm competitive, so I looked at it as an opportunity to just take somebody's job. Really just beat somebody out of their job by crushing it in the interview. That was my mentality going in. Even though in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, well, if you already have someone that you like, why even bother going through the trouble of interviewing me? But in my mind, I thought, well, shit, I'm worth the trouble, so it's going to be to your benefit to sit down and interview me or at least ask me some questions because I know what I can bring to the table. Really, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell it is you guys want and if it's going to be beneficial enough for me. I'm coming from a brokerage with international reach, high levels of creative technology and innovation. Like, what are you guys doing over here? I'm basically interviewing you guys. And so the panel interview starts and we've got uh, the pers- the director of marketing We've got another person who's in charge of one of the offices, another person who's in charge of compliance, then there's another person who's in charge of an audience, or not an audience, but an office, then there's the lady that I was talking to, and then there's the VP of business. And this person, bite my tongue, this person, can't, now mind you, Everyone else has come into the room with either some sort of notepad or something to write on, a copy of my resume, and something to write with. Everyone essentially kind of has that same thing, except for this guy. He's got a laptop, he's got a cup of coffee, his cell phone is out, and he's got a notepad. During the majority of the interview, if he wasn't the one asking the questions, he wasn't even looking at my direction. He wasn't even looking at me for the answers that I was trying to give. So the entire time in the back of my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, when this motherfucker asks me a question, I'm going to knock it out of the park. Since you don't want to pay attention to me and act like that, cool. When it's my time to shine, I'm going to go ahead and answer that shit so crazy. You're going to be like, okay, let me close this laptop and get back to to what it is we're doing in here because he's coming with some stuff. So, I'm, you know, we're going through the regular round of questioning. And I remember one particular question where the person in charge of marketing asked 
how much do I do in regards to assisting the real estate agents in their marketing efforts? And so in that moment, I kind of broke down, you know, what it what it was that I would do and didn't in regards to like what I was okay with and what I wasn't okay with. The follow up question to that kind of set off some sensors, but I was I kind of volunteered the answer, believing that this is a job interview. And if I give great answers to the questions that you're asking that highlight my experience or qualifications, then yeah, I'm going to do it. So I asked, would it be helpful for me to diagram the process from start to finish of what it was that I was doing to assist and aid the agents in their marketing efforts? Everyone in the room was like, yes, please. Okay. That made me think a little bit like, I don't know. Like, I've never had that happen in in an interview before where like, It seemed like everyone in unison was trying to gather the same information, but I kind of just blew it off like, all right, whatever. They all just, I mean, theoretically, like, it's a great answer, and it really showcases what it is that I'm doing, so I shouldn't be tripping. But on the other hand, that shit seemed funny to me, but I, you know, I just, I guess I just kind of, you know, rolled with it. So I break down the process on how it goes. So finally, a voice that I haven't heard starts talking. And the gentleman is like, all right, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Let's say we're number one in the state. We're number seven in the region. And we're number 14 in the nation. How would you, if you would... Share this online and social media, and what would that look like? What? The hell you just asked me? Now, I'm over here like, wait a minute. That's kind of a detailed question. That's a multiple-part question. And it sounds like you want a lot of information. So now my senses are going off like, "Uh uh-oh... You've been here before. Someone trying to get free strategies. This doesn't seem right. But whatever. Like I said, when he was going to ask me a question, I was going to have to knock that shit out the park. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to give you a little bit. A little bit of the recipe, but I'm not going to give you the whole thing. So I basically said, well, my first thought would be that you'd have to determine what are you going to highlight. Are you going to highlight the region? Are you going to highlight your national ranking? Are you going to highlight your state ranking? And then with that, what's most important to you? Highlighting the agents and the work that they did to allow you to accomplish this goal and reach that ranking? Or that your brokerage, because they have agents that are so awesome, are able to be ranked this high in regards to whether it's the state, region, or country? Once I determined what it was that I was trying to do as far as positioning, I positioned that online in a way to where that's how it seemed. That was my answer. I thought that was a pretty good answer. This is when the interview took a turn. And this is when the shit got real uncomfortable for a lot of people. But for me, I just leaned back a little bit in that chair and was like, all right, here we go. So after I gave that answer, I'm thinking like, okay, 
cool. Move on to the next thing. Like, I gave him a solid answer. He's probably not going to ask anything else after that. He's probably just going to go back to wherever the hell it was he's been doing this entire time. So then he follows up with, okay, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but can you break down what that strategy would look like? Like, how would you go about the steps of making that happen? So now I'm like, hold up. You want me to give you this. You told me you have someone that you like already. But they don't have as much real estate background as I do. Oh, girl slipped up and told me that. So now I know that. But then now you want. I gave you just the concept. Now you want me to give you the actual strategy behind it. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is not going to sit well with me at all. Uh-uh. We're not doing that. I remember at that point, he was like, I'm putting you on the spot. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but, you know, can you break break it down? And I said, right, as soon as he finished asking that question, I said, if I give you that answer, I'm going to have to send you an invoice afterwards. And everybody in the room chuckled and laughed, except for me, because that shit was not funny. Because I felt like you were trying to play me. So he's like, you know, all right, well, like, you know, can you kind of walk us through it? And I was like, what? So then I'm like, all right, yeah, like, I'll, I'll give you the steps. As soon as I agreed to giving him the steps, he put down the laptop, picked up a pen and went right to the notepad. You know why I probably didn't get this job was because of the comment I made as soon as I saw that. And I said, wow, look how fast he's going to write down notes to get this strategy. That made everyone in the room uncomfortable. But I wanted it to be known that I know you guys are trying to play me. And you're trying to just steal strategies. And I'm not okay with it. I'm letting you know I'm not okay with it and that I know you're trying to get me. So just be forewarned that now that we're engaging in this interview and the jig is up, so to speak, and I know what you're trying to do, yeah, this shit's about to turn one time. So then, after I make that comment, I decide, you know what? I'm going to put him on the hot seat. So I said, okay, do we have a budget? Ooh, they don't like when you talk about money. Especially spending it. How much money do we have? What's the budget? And he said, oh, no, no. I just I just kind of want to know, like, your thoughts and kind of your strategy. I said, no, I'm putting you on the hot seat right now. I need to know if we have a budget or not. That's going to let me know what our reach is going to be. Is it a lot of money? Is it a little bit of money? Can I spend a lot of it or do I spend a little of it? How much money do we have? What are we working with? And now everyone's kind of looking at... I can tell at that moment everyone's kind of like, Whoa, like who the fuck does this guy think he is? Because I don't know if anyone talks to him like that. But they've all kind of were looking around like, You're going to let this interviewee talk to you like that? The answer is, uh, yes, because there's nothing you can do about it in that situation. I know you're trying to play me. I called you out on it. So now guess what? You and I get to do this little dance for a little bit. And it's going to be sensational. So then after all of that. After all of that went on. I'm starting to think like. Alright. Where do I want to take this now? Like I'm already upset. I feel like I'm getting played. How, how do I want to end all of this? 
And so I give them a strategy. Even after I give them like up like 70% of the strategy, he was like, uh, you know, the image that you were speaking of that you would post, what does that, that image look like? Is it large text? Is it small text? And I said, you want all the secret sauce for free, don't you? Man, and so I gave him just a quick little idea, something that uh, was already hanging in the office. I just pointed at you know what it was and was like, yeah, just do that, and you should be Gucci. So then, my favorite part of the interview: Do you have any questions for us? So my first question was, yeah, I got questions for you. How much time do we have? Whoa, how much time do we have? More like, how many questions do you plan to ask us? Holy shit, who asked that question? Me. I asked that question. I need to know as much about you and what the hell it is y'all got going on here. Then y'all need to know about me. That's the thing. Once you go through enough interviews, you start to figure out, like, every place isn't the place to work for. And not everybody is the people you need to be working with. Sometimes you need to ask hella questions. You got to ask a lot of questions. Sometimes you got to ask questions that are so outside the box that people can't help but just give an honest fucking answer. And that's going to let you know what's really going on. So my first thing was when they were like, do you have any questions? I said, yeah, I've got some questions. How much time do we have? And she was, the lady was like, I've got, we've got about 15 minutes. I said, okay, here comes an asshole move. So then I'm like, okay, here's a question that you guys can think about now and then you can answer it at the end when we're done with all of this. What? Who says that shit? Me. This guy. Because all y'all are painted, your face is already painted and shit, I'm assuming. Um, but anyway, so now I'm over here like, all right, this I, I don't really want to know too much about what it is that they even got going on because I'm completely turned off by the experience. But I start asking questions just to see how much they actually do or do not know and how much help that they actually need. And so after the conversation continues, I'm like, man, these guys need some help. No wonder they're over here trying to jack strategies. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And they're hoping that the person they're bringing in is going to save them. But they don't know what the fuck they're doing either. So now they're going to use my strategy in the hopes that both of y'all can figure it out along the way and get this shit popping. While I'm over here like, oh, so y'all just gonna jack my shit and go y'all just gonna jack my shit and think it's sweet ain't that about a bitch so then I asked the question you know what's more important to you the destination or the journey I asked that question because if that lets me know what kind of person you are as far as like if we have to work together I know how you're gonna be if the destination is most important, then all you care about is the goal. Just however we get there, let's just hit the goal, hit the mark, and we straight. Now, if you're more into the journey, you might be on somebody all the time about the little shit going on to reach the destination. Once you reach the destination, there's not even, like, no real level of relief. It's just like, all right, on to the next journey. Like, we got to get on to the next thing. So everybody's different. After the interview is over, everyone obviously is very, you know, they're smiling. Thank you for coming in. And, you know, of course, I'm, you know, thanks for the time and consideration. I appreciate it. Here's how I know shit was greasy. Next day, I call the lady. 
No answer. Next day, send a text message. No reply. Third day, reached out to her. Uh uh. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's like it never happened. I just got ghosted. I just got ghosted. I called, no answer. Email, no reply. Y'all really go like, I had one email I asked, can I have some feedback on how the interview went? Nothing. Oh, so y'all jacking. That's how I know y'all jacking. Because of that experience. Yeah. Okay, let's say I blew up the interview because I felt like y'all were trying to steal ideas for free. You at the very least could have put that in the email and be like, next time, try not to be so aggressive with the people you were interviewing with. Cool, I can take that. I can take that criticism. That's constructive. You know, I get it. But at the same time, you know, y'all trying to play me. And I'm not having it. At all. At all, man. Shout out to John L. Scott. I sometimes wonder when people hear the stories that I tell, if they're ever like, there's no way that shit is real. There's no way that really happened. Because if I were them, I'd probably think the same thing. I'd honestly think the same thing. Even after hearing this story I'm about to tell, especially after hearing this story I'm about to tell, I would honestly think this fool Joe is full of lies. But I shit you not, these things really happen. So let's rewind time and go back to 2000 and something. I don't remember what year it was. I think I was... Maybe 18, 19. All I know is that I was not 21 yet, but I was participating in things that 21-year-olds do. And a lot of that was because this particular weekend, it was my birthday. So I was kind of celebrating my birthday. I was going to go out, have a good time. A buddy of mine was like, hey, there's this house party. You should come to come through. So I'm like, all right, like, you know, I'll check it out. Seems, seems cool. It's like, where is it at? And he was like, yeah, it's way out in, uh, you know, I forget where it was, but it was far. Like, it wasn't really anywhere close to where I was. And it was deep in the sticks. Like, it was deep in the woods where this place was. But I'm like, all right, cool, fuck it. Like, you kind of know that area, so we're going to roll with you. So it was me, my best friend. We roll out to this party. Now, we're driving like 30 minutes to get there. So then, after you get just to the exit within the 30 minutes, you got to go like 15 minutes off the exit. Uh, Maybe 10 minutes off the exit. Because then you got another 5 minutes off of that 10 minutes going deep into the woods, into some areas that just look weird as hell. Like, it's nothing but trees. It's dark as shit. You can't see anything. And it's like... Where the fuck am I? All you see are like driveways that lead into what you assume would be a house. You can't see the house. 
the driveway is too long. You just uh, it's just trees and shit. So we show up, get to the party, and I notice one thing. There's like there's probably like 50 people at this party. It's a big house. There's like 50 people at this party, and there's three girls. Now, immediately, I look at my buddy, and I'm like, hey, man, this ratio's not good. And he's like, you know, obviously, yeah, this ratio sucks. It's not in our favor. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't mean in that regard. I mean that this ratio sucks because there's not enough women in here. There's a lot of dudes. And these dudes could potentially start some shit because there's just way too much testosterone in the room. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And lo and behold, that's exactly what the fuck happened. So we're standing there. It's a kegger, right? So, like, people are buying cups for, I think it was, like, $5 or whatever. So people are buying cups. We're not buying cups. You know what I mean? Like, we're not doing that. I brought two bottles with me in my backpack. And so people that I know, like, you know, they can come through and tap the bottle. And then the homie, if he's just like, hey, you know, my home, you know, well, not my home girl. There wasn't no girls there. But he'd be like, my homeboy, such and such, he wanted to know if he could hit the bottle. He's cool. I vouch for him. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 whatever. Do shit like that. But it got to the point where I had to, you know, I had to tell a couple people, like, hey, man, look, man, you seem cool, but I don't know you. Can't have it. Sorry. Sorry, bro. Can't do it. It's just, you know, it it is what it is, man. You know. And so we're standing on top of this kind of like deck area. I I won't describe how the house was laid out because it's a weird layout. But essentially, we're standing on an elevated area looking down to where the majority of people are. And down right in front of us is this guy who's clearly drunk. And he's getting into some sort of verbal altercation with some guy. Uh, and he's just sitting there talking, you know, talking shit, going back and forth. And so I'm kind of like, oh, man, like, this guy's drunk. He's probably about to get slept or something. Like, this is going to be funny. So let's, you know, let's watch this. Let's see how this shit unfolds. So the drunk dude is all in the guy's face, talking shit, blah, blah, blah. Nah, 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 nah. Just saying all kinds of belligerent shit. And I'm looking at the, the guy like... Okay, fam, like, so you going to say anything or you just going to, you just going to take it? And he's just standing there taking it. But like, you could tell, like, he's taking, like, just all the drunk talk because he knows the guy's drunk. And he's kind of like, look, man, like, if I punch you in the face, you're going to fall like a fucking sack of potatoes. Like, it's not even going to be fair. So I'm just going to let your drunk ass continue to be drunk, talking drunk shit. Like... That's all good. But the guy is getting real close in the dude's face. And I'm starting to think, like, well, at some point, this guy's going to have to... He's going to have some sort of, like, hey, man, like, you're invading my space issue. And he's going to, like, lose his shit. And it's starting to get to that point where I can kind of tell the dude's just like, look, man, he's going to have to back up. Or my hand's going to back him up. One of the two's going to give. And so then... The drunk dude, his homeboy, pops up out of nowhere. Some bigger buff dude pops up out of nowhere. And he's kind of like, yo, what's up? Do we got a problem? And the other guy's just like, nah, man. Like, your friend's drunk as fuck talking shit. 
he's about to get punched in the face. And so I'm like, damn, like, he, dude, like, dude's clearly had enough. He's clearly had enough. And now it's about to go down. And so his homeboy is just like, well, what you want to do? And so I'm like, damn, like, that's a real friend. Like, shit's about to pop off. What was once, now one-on-one might end up being two-on-two. This shit's about to get crazy. And now, mind you, like, we're, if there's 50 people there, 37 of them are men. Out of those 37, there are four black people. And I'm with three of them. Well, we make up three of them. And so I'm kind of like, we got to just stay out of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to, you don't want to get in the middle of this shit. Especially in this area. Because if shit goes down in this area, they're going to look at us like, yeah, y'all are the reason why the shit went off. They're going to ask us questions first. So we're like, I'm staying the fuck out of this mess. I want nothing to do with it. And so then the dude, like the drunk dude, he's, you know, he's still belligerent. His homeboy is kind of like, man, you always get me into some bullshit. You always have me fighting your fights for you, man. What the fuck? And so I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, is dude about to fight his friend now? Like, oh, man, this is getting this is getting good. And so the drunk dude is kind of like, you know, he, he I guess he's upset. Like, I guess his, I guess his feelings are hurt or something because he kind of just like pouts off and then leaves. And so I'm just like, oh, well, that was, you know, anticlimactic. Like, there was no fight. The drunk dude, I thought I was going to get beat up by his friend. That didn't happen. Like... It didn't really turn out how I thought it would. But, you know, whatever it is, what it is. So then, maybe, like, I don't know. It couldn't have been, like, five minutes, ten minutes later. Drunk dude's back up in somebody else's face talking shit. But this guy looks like his tolerance is much lower than the other dude. And so now, I'm starting to think, like, God damn, it's about to go down. And sure enough... Boom! The dude who wasn't as drunk as a drunk guy fucking throws a punch. Bang! Smacks the dude in the fucking face. All hell breaks loose. One-on-one turned into two-on-two. Then that two-on-two turned into four-on-four. And that four-on-four turned into the WWE Royal Rumble. It had to have been about 20 people down there fighting. I don't know if all these people knew each other. And it was just split down the middle. And it was just kind of one of those things where, like, your crew fights my crew. But that's what it looked like. But there's no way that could have been the situation. It looked like, to me, what was going on is motherfuckers were getting shoved just in the chaos. And once you get shoved in the chaos, you either have a decision. You got fight or flight. Either you're upset that you got pushed, so now you're going to start punching the person who pushed you. Or you're upset you got pushed, but you understand that there's a fight going on. And so you're kind of just trying to get the fuck out the way. So then in the midst of all of this, I look over and I see like a light go shining into the air. But like, it, like random as fuck. Like imagine just like out of nowhere, someone just fucking shines a light up, uh, up into the air in pitch black. But like on some like signaling Batman type shit. Like that's what it was like. It was like one of those cop lights on the outside of the car. Someone out of the bushes just shine that shit up twice in the air. I'm like, that doesn't look good. I've never seen a maneuver like that before. And that's something that I probably don't want to stick around for. I kid you not. 
Three minutes later, all you hear is, it ain't nobody shooting a machine gun. That's the sound of a helicopter overhead. Boom, spotlight right on top of the melee. What the fuck is this? Me and my homeboy, we take off. We start running like we got to get the fuck out of here. They got a police helicopter. Please stop. Everyone cease. What the hell is going on? We got to get out of here. They talking on the speaker and the helicopter. Nah, 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 nah. We are Audi. So we run. We got to run past the fight. So like you almost have to run through the chaos. We get to the car. It's me, my best friend. We had one of the girls that was there. She was like, can I ride with y'all? Sure, let's go. If you coming right now, you can come. We, she hops in the car. The third homeboy who invited us to the party, I don't know where he is. And at this point, I almost don't care. Like, he jumped into the fight for whatever reason. And that reason is going to have to be a reason he going to have to live with. Because I'm not about to go to jail because you wanted to jump into the fight. So we get into the car. As soon as I'm about to pull off, his ass come running up. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We take off. I'm thinking, golly, that was close. Until the helicopter starts following all the cars that are leaving. Now there's this long-ass line of cars. And the helicopter's just right on top of all of them. This shit looks like something out of, like, the Fast and Furious 12 or something. Like, I've never I've never been a part of anything like this. And I still haven't seen anything like this in my life. So my homeboy is like, hey, man, up here, take a left. Because we were one of the ones towards the back. So we just kind of peeled off to of the end and went one way while everybody else went the other way. And a lot of that is because they all were trying to go home. We live the opposite direction. So when we hit that zig, when everybody zagged, cops left us and they followed that long line of cars and we got out of there. We got the fuck out of there. Man, that should be a lesson. If you're going to have a house party, please invite girls. Like this was a strange, strange party. I remember right before the second fight happened, this guy walks up to me. And he's just like, man, man, fuck all these people, man. These fucking people don't want to pay for shit. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, like, who the fuck is this guy? And why is he so angry? And so come to find out, it's that it's the dude's house. Like, it's the dude who's throwing the party. It's his birthday and shit. So I'm like, oh, word, like, happy birthday, my dude. Like, you know, thanks, you know, for having the party. And he's pissed off because he's trying to sell $5 cups. Nobody wants to buy $5 cups. I guess some people were bringing their own cups. And he was fucking pissed off about that. But it, he had, what, two kegs? And by the time we got there, the first keg was already tapped. So imagine, it's just a bunch of drunk dudes at a party. You know what I mean? And this guy's all upset. I remember he said something that was strange. He was just like, yeah, man. He was talking to, I don't know who he was talking about. He was like, yeah, man. This guy doesn't want to fucking, fucking pay for his cut, man. Fuck that nigga, man. He doesn't want to pay for shit. He's, he's fucking broke. And I'm looking at him like, what nigga? Him? He's talking about a white person. So I'm confused. I'm like, I don't I never seen no white nigga before, but I guess that's the first. But I'm more confused because you're white. So why are you calling him a nigga? 
Like, I, all of it just had me confused to the point where I just didn't even say anything. I was just kind of like, all right, man, like, I'm just going to leave that alone. Because you're going through some shit right now. Like, you over here, you don't know if you're black or if he's black or if we're white. Like, you're, you're clearly confused and you're just going through it. Here, man, you can tap the bottle. And this nigga started chugging the Grey Goose. I had to grab my bottle out of his fucking hand. Like, hey, man, ease up. Like, I know it's your birthday, but goddamn, it's my birthday too, motherfucker. Like, you're going crazy. Chill out. And that's when all that craziness started happening, man. Invite girls to parties, please.